Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Without submission to God, our internal desires lead us down a path that will harm us and will harm others around us. And these fights and quarrels are caused by people's cravings. In the original language, there is the word from which we get the word hedonism. Pastor Leighton Sheely is continuing in the book of James today. We'll move into chapter 4 as he begins a new message. This is Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I'm Mike Trout. If you'd like to know more about us, well, go to the website, studyversebyverse.com. This has been a lengthy series, and you can find all of the past messages on that website. Again, studyversebyverse.com. And we begin today with a bit of a review. I'd like to invite you to turn in your Bibles to James chapter 4. We're in chapter 4 of James. Uh, James, of course, is considered perhaps one of the earliest books of the New Testament era, and it's one of the most practical. It's as though James is not so much interested in a correct verbal expression of the Christian faith as he is in its living expression, that he truly wants Christians to be better Christians. It was written during one of the earliest persecutions um, of Christians, Uh, recorded for us in Acts chapter 8, and that created a diaspora or a dispersion of Christians out of the original church in Jerusalem uh, all across the known world. And and Pastor James of that Jerusalem church is very concerned about the spiritual welfare of his congregation that has been spread abroad. Now, our study today is in chapter 4, but it continues a topic uh, that was introduced in chapter 3. At the end of chapter 3, James explains that false wisdom from below leads to disorder and every evil practice, and that true wisdom from above results in good fruit and righteousness. And so from this description of wisdom, in general terms, he now brings it to practical applications. He not only wants his readers to know what wisdom is, but how to live more wisely. And so chapter 4 begins with a challenge against behavior that James sees as originating from the demonic kingdom that causes fights and quarrels among believers. Uh, He he not only wants his uh, brothers and sisters to resist the practices of evil wisdom, but also wants wants them to know the source from which it springs. And so his strategy requires an allegiance to God and open rebellion against the devil. Now, we have observed that uh, Pastor James, he doesn't mince words. He is very confrontational in the way that he preaches, and uh, he's going to continue being confrontational today as he brings us uh, this portion of his message. And I just wanted to take a moment to commend you, our congregation that shows up week after week uh, to hear Pastor James' message for us. Um, because the scriptures say in the latter days that people are going to, they're going to look for teachers who tickle their ears. Uh, who make them feel good. And the largest churches in America are oftentimes very large because people's ears get tickled. James is not tickling our ears. He's in our face. And uh, I commend you that week after week, you come back, I want to I know what Pastor James has to say. I can remember visiting my wife's extended family over in Croatia a few years back. And uh, the young people came and said, you're a pastor. Uh, we have some questions. 
We want you to talk with us. We want you to tell us the truth, even if you think we're not going to want to hear it. And my respect and admiration for those young people went through the roof because they just they wanted to know God's truth. So James begins, he says, What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scriptures say he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace, and therefore it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. And there's only one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? And so James here is setting before his people a a question whether their aim in life is to submit to the will of God or rather to gratify their own desire for the pleasures of this world. And he warns that if the priority is the things of this world, then strife and hatred will be produced. You know, the New Testament is very clear that entertaining the pleasures of this world is always damaging to our spiritual life. It's the care uh, and riches and pleasures of this life that combine to choke the good seed in the parable that Jesus told about the sower. And a person who becomes such a slave to passions and pleasures that when they do, they, they're, they're filled with malice and hatred. The ultimate choice in life lies between choosing to please oneself or to please God. And when we choose to please ourself, it becomes, the world becomes a battleground. Now, James here is describing a situation in that church then, and it's a situation that all too, happen, all too often happens today. It's happened all throughout church history. That the church is filled with fights and quarrels that damage the credibility of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because outsiders, they look into the church and they're hoping they find a place of righteousness, peace, and joy. And instead, oftentimes, they find strife and danger. There are far too many people that love God, but they they don't want anything to do with this church because they've been hurt, they've been injured by some church struggle. Jesus said, the world will know that we're his disciples by our love. By our love. And when people on the outside look in and they find people who call themselves Christians quarreling and fighting, they say, if that's what Christianity is all about, I don't need it. I can find that any place. And so we desperately need God's wisdom from above in our churches. Now, with that as an introduction, let's study this passage 
verse by verse. He says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? You notice he doesn't waste any time saying it's wrong. Everybody knows it's wrong. He's saying, when they do happen, do you understand why they happen? And he uses two words here. The first describes a battle with weapons, an armed conflict. And sometimes it's used figuratively to describe a struggle between nations or between powers, earthly or spiritual. And then the other word that he uses, it describes battles where weapons are not involved. The battle of the, of the, of the, of the words and the batter, battle of the ideas. And what people do is they get into groups and they're fighting and arguing and debating and those kinds of things. And, and believers then cease to be peacemakers who sow in peace and become openly antagonistic towards one another. He's describing battles within the church among believers. And he says, is not this that your passions are at war within you? Without submission to God, our internal desires lead us down a path that will harm us and will harm others around us. And these fights and quarrels are caused by people's cravings and their pleasures. The word in the original language there is the word from which we get the word hedonism, which describes a philosophy where pleasure is the main goal of life. These desires are at war within us, inside of us, a raging battle, the battle between good and evil. And this internal battle occurs in all believers, regardless of how mature you may be. It even occurs in apostles, like the Apostle Paul, who wrote in Romans 7, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do, no. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So Paul is describing this warfare that is from within. And when we lose the internal battle and we fulfill our desires, we create external conflicts. And these conflicts lead to a a, a competition for power and prestige and possessions and pleasures. And, and, And believers are no longer brothers and sisters in Christ. They're competitors with one another. He said, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. The desire here he's talking about is for something or someone. And the steps here are are really very simple. Instead of taking every thought captive like we're supposed to, a person finds himself allowing themselves to think about some desire. And pretty soon, by allowing ourselves to think about it, it becomes dominating, consuming. And pretty soon, it's involuntary. It just comes into our thoughts and sometimes into our dreams. At this point, it's called a ruling passion. And then we begin to form schemes and plans for how we might acquire that desire, whatever it is. And if it means removing obstacles, people, or or whatever situations, we start thinking about that. And one day, our thoughts turn into action, and they act out. You know, every crime in the world came originally as a desire, which was first thought about and nurtured, and then eventually was acted out. The cravings described here are so strong that people kill and covet to obtain what they want. Now, you might say, well, Pastor, I'm not, I'm not really such a bad person because, you know, I haven't killed anybody recently. Um, you know, I, I, but I might get angry with somebody. Well, if you get angry, you need to listen to the words of Jesus. He said, you've heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. 
And if you commit murder, you're subject to judgment. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you're subject to judgment. And if you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Words of Jesus. So for Jesus, the commandment against murdering applies also to anger and abuse and cursing. The Apostle John wrote, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. If you just hate your brother, you're a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Some very difficult words to hear and uh, in some instances to understand. Pastor Leighton Sheely will be back at this same time tomorrow to help us better understand exactly what James is trying to teach us. I hope you can join us. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and their campus houses not only the church, of course, but also Highlands Christian Schools. And when you go to the website highlands.us, you will have an opportunity to either follow through to the church or to the school. If you're looking for a school which provides a strong Christian education, then check out Highlands Christian Schools. Again, the website is highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you can come back tomorrow, and I hope you'll share with your friends the fact that we're on the air each day with these devotional visits. We'll open the Word of God once again and study together verse by verse.